Welcome to Add to Cart, the show where we celebrate creativity and commerce. If you stand on your feet, you are probably wearing shoes that aren't right for you. And on this season of Add to Cart, we are highlighting businesses and founders who think radically differently about their category. And this episode is all about those shoes. It turns out that the vast majority of footwear that's made for the medical profession doesn't really work for those professionals. And Rob Gregg of Gales is here to tell us all about how he is radicalizing the shoes that we wear. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you, good to be here. I'm really excited to have you here because I met you in the middle of the pandemic and you were the shoe guy. Yep. The guy who was going through tech stars that everybody said, you gotta meet Rob, he's all about making better shoes. And I thought, okay, let's see what this guy has to say. And holy shit, have you exceeded expectations with these <laughs> shoes, Rob. So tell us about Gales, what are Gales? Yeah, so we started with healthcare with a simple mission of providing better protection on their feet. And then what we realized, protection is not just from fluids in the healthcare environment, it's protection for your body at the end of a 12 hour shift. So now we're really excited that we're expanding to anybody who stands for a living, which when you put them all together, it's 1.8 billion people who stand for a living and they're wearing shoes designed for running, not for standing in place to make their bodies feel better at the end of the day. It's such an incredible insight because you had a shoe company, a very yeah. successful shoe company. You were hawking dress shoes online. Tell people about your first shoe business. I was working 16 hour shifts at a job in a dress suit and dress shoes. Felt like bricks on my feet. So I figured, okay, I've done everything I can to find more comfortable shoes. Nothing really existed, so I put an image online. I got a quarter million hits on this design and ended up meeting this local Italian cobbler who said, I'd love to make these shoes for you. And I go, great, this will be $1,600. You know, for one pair of shoes, $1,600. For one pair of shoes. And that was just gonna be the prototype of, let's get this clear, a pair of men's dress shoes yep. that would be comfortable to wear yes. so that you don't get blisters, so that you don't get stress injuries on your feet. That's exactly right. Okay. You're like, no way, I can't afford to do this working in a mail room. Yep. So then what do you do? So I volunteered to work in the shop every Saturday for the next four months and became a shoe cobbler. And like you're keeping your day job working yeah. at this talent agency, but you're making shoes on the weekends. Yeah. What are you learning? Uh, that shoes have not changed in construction for about 200 years and they wear that as a badge of honor. So hundreds of years of unchanged craftsmanship and I go, I sleep on a mattress design 200 years ago? Mm. Probably not. So all these traditions just never evolved. So my question was always, well, what's the point of this big metal rod in the bottom of a shoe? I didn't even know it was in there. And he goes, classic Italian construction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's gone. And so just the next after the next after the next of classic Italian construction, I stripped it all out. I ended up with a shoe that flexed and breathed and felt like socks on my feet. And this shoe was called what? Rob McCallan. And the Rob McCallan shoe goes on to be a direct-to-consumer e-commerce store. It does indeed. Let's then fast forward to you and I meet when you are working on this company, Gales. Mm -hmm. And you described it to me as PPE footwear. Yep. That's a starting point. But then how do you actually make this shoe, this yep. shoe that is sitting here in front of us? Well, it's interesting because this one we crowdsource, developed, and designed mm. directly with healthcare professionals. So things that I didn't naturally think about. They said, well, okay, can we take the laces off? Because the laces are something that when we're wearing these during the day, they trap dirt and debris mm. to make them lightweight, to make them waterproof and antimicrobial. So we got a chit list of all the things that they wanted that was missing. 
we put them all together into one and go, hmm, this kind of seems like something new that doesn't exist. Let's see if we can execute on it. And just to put this into perspective, what were the vast majority of healthcare workers wearing before your shoe came along? It's athletic shoes, Nikes, Adidas, Hoka's, on clouds, and it's interesting because PPE covers neck to ankle, not your feet. Mm. And the interesting thing is if stuff's spilling on the floor, probably the last place it's going to hit is any of this. It's going to hit your feet. It, that's this long overlooked and forgotten area. Well, yeah, you're wearing screen doors on your feet. You should probably do something that adds a little bit of protection to it. The opportunity probably seemed instant to you. Mm -hmm. How does that first launch go? Yep. Word of mouth has actually been probably our strongest driver and vehicle. I come from the direct-to-consumer world of paid ads and content marketing and how you get savvy with all of your channels. But word of mouth for this, that's also probably why I felt that spark even to a bigger degree is the fact that we were seeing sales come through from people that we've never targeted, we've never mm -hmm. spoken to before, and we just asked them point blank, why'd you buy our shoes? And they go, oh, because my colleague's wearing it. And what's interesting, we're solving a problem. Mm -hmm. What I did with Rob McCown was a nice to have. It's nice to have shoes that look nice and feel nice. This is a need to have for yeah. our healthcare professionals of, oh my God, why has nobody thought of doing shoes that protect us on our feet? It's just kind of a no brainer. So to see the start and then that start grow and grow and grow month over month, the pace that it has has been Big blessing, uh, definitely exciting to see, and we're just happy to keep growing and expanding from here. And so did you see almost, I hate to use this word, but there isn't a better word, a viral effect <laughs> inside of hospitals, of entire hospital units picking up these shoes? Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. We kind of looked at where our key markets were and where the growth was, and you could almost tell what hospital was purchasing based on the zip codes. So when we talked in early days with our consumers, we started with just basic surveys. Mm -hmm. And we said, what actually informs your buying decision? It's kind of a no-brainer question to ask in early days. We assume it's Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Well, we said, where do you hear about and what actually influences your purchase decision? And they go, it's our chief nursing officer or mm -hmm. it's our colleagues. So something that we did wrong the first time was we took all of our product benefits that were important to us and how important is it to put antimicrobial protection on your feet it's hugely important but then when we got a little bit smarter about it from talking to our customers we just asked them to describe the shoes back to us mm. and sure there are the benefits that we built them for but the one that really stood out is they feel like walking on clouds we didn't design it to be a comfort shoe, designed to be a protective shoe, but then we found out, well, this is why they're talking about us. Mm -hmm. So rather than give a messaging around why we think the shoe is great, we just heard directly from them, this is how you're describing us, so let's put that back out. So now when you go to work, we're giving you the log lines to talk about. For someone who's trying to learn more from their customers, I mean, mm -hmm. how simple can you go? Six questions or less. Uh, Google Forms, honestly. Um, it's everyone's got a free tool available. Make sure you uncheck the Google box. Not everyone has a Gmail account, but just name, email, and the question I always ask is if you had to pay $1,000 to ask this question on a limited budget, would you still ask it? And if the answer is no, don't ask it. Keep it short. Mm. And the other piece, and this is where a lot of surveys go wrong, is they ask steering questions. They put surveys out to try to get the answer they want to hear. Okay. 
It's a safe way. Say, hey, if I made shoes a lot more comfortable, would you buy them? Tick, yes. <laughs> this is a terrible question. Yes. So we say, tell me about your shoes. What do you like and what do you not? And just mm. open-ended. And if they're expressing pain, great. Dive in a little bit deeper. But those questions are very, very short and simple, non-steering. Just ask in general about the category that you're in with no leading. And if they come to the conclusion for the product that you solve for, home run. If they come to a conclusion your product is not, think a little bit more about either your positioning or is this a need to have or a nice to have. In your first year, you did well over a million dollars in sales. And I know you're growing extremely rapidly. What do you think were some of the initial things you did in your go-to-market that helped you have such velocity of sales? After those first surveys, keep them going. Okay. It's not a, we heard from the consumer, let's go. Continue to build that feedback. So our team members have grown, and one of which was a customer who became an influencer who is now our chief nursing officer. And the voice of the consumer is not, we did our research and we're good. It needs to be an ongoing basis. Every single day, we talk to actual nurses, actual customers. We have a team that's in social media. People reach out. I will get on the phone and spend half an hour with an individual customer I've never heard of before because they're going to tell me what we did right. They're also going to tell me what we did wrong. So we learned a lot Are of stuff. Are they always surprised to hear from you? Like, Rob Gregg is calling about your shoes. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, it's funny because my number was the customer support number, and we would get phone calls saying, I can't track my package. And I go, well, let me help you out. And I go, what's your name? I go, I'm Rob, and I'm the founder of the company. And they're going, wait, what? <laughs> uh, but sure, I'll call UPS for you. And I did. And I made sure they all got their shoes. What do you think you've learned over the years talking to customers about just that honesty level that you seem so intent on having? Yeah, it's because the things that you're probably worried about as a product maker are the things that your consumers are probably going to experience. And it doesn't do anybody any good not to just address it straight on the nose. Mm -hmm. So when you evolve from your V1 shoe to this shoe that you're wearing and that's up here, what are some of the things that you heard that you decided to change? Yeah, so not all feet are the same. Wide width tends to over-index for people who stand for a living on their feet because the pressure all day makes them spread out. Hmm. Makes sense. Kind of an odd, that's obvious. Their feet so, have changed from their job. Their feet have changed from their job. Interesting. So wide width makes sense. We learned that not everyone's in a heavy fluid barrier protective requirement zone. So let's put some holes for breathability for people who are not in the OR and ICU. One of the other really interesting things we learned is that we wear uh, cotton socks, not compression socks usually day to day. A lot of people in healthcare wear compression socks that mm -hmm. have synthetic materials. And when synthetic material rubs against synthetic material, it kind of has that leather jacket mm -hmm. squeak sound. We had no idea. It was nothing that we ever tested in our early days. An easy fix for us. I actually took a piece of sandpaper and scrubbed the inside of one of my shoes. And that little bit of friction made the shoes not squeak. So we just took all of our molds and added a texture to it. And now our shoes are squeak free. So things that could have seemed like, oh my god, we've made a shoe that now sounds like it's squeaking through the halls. We're doomed. Like, Let's see what we can do to make a quick fix and pull those shoes and put new ones out in market. And that small little change is just a huge success factor. And everyone who complained about Squeak, we said, great, we fixed it. Here's a free pair of shoes. Now they're super users for us. That's kind of the best hack I've heard in a while. 
take the people who told you something they didn't like, make a list, mm -hmm. make it better, give them the product once it's been fixed, and they probably became your best influencers and mm -hmm. really help leverage that word of mouth even more. So tell us a little bit about your strategy to bring on a chief nursing officer to help you with that influencer base. One of our customers reached out and I did a 30 minute phone call with her and I asked her, why'd you reach out? Why'd you get in touch? And she told me that she aspired to do a lot more for her community of nurses and women and everybody that's trying to do something more from a leadership perspective. So we just said, well, okay, we're looking for somebody who can play this role. Would you be interested? And she goes, okay, well, sure, let's figure out what that looks like. So we've now hired somebody as a permanent part of our team to maintain that. I have to believe that search could be a great strategy for a brand like this because mm -hmm. there's no one else doing this. Is right. that right? Yep. It's interesting too, and we've seen some brands bid on our keywords because they have complimentary products. It's always like a thank you for recognizing that we are the industry leader moment when someone's yeah. bidding against your brand, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Except when our keywords cost $13 a click. Okay, <laughs> which we don't is love not that. So great. <laughs> um, okay, here's actually a really interesting one, and it's funny, I'm kind of hesitant to say it because I kind of hope they don't find out about it, but this is like the hackiest hack tip we found in search. On Amazon, they automatically translate the language to whatever you're natively browsing in. Mm. We noticed that Best Shoes for Nurses was getting bid on, but Zapatos and all of our translation in Spanish, for example, where we have a large audience, no one was bidding on that. So we started bidding on Spanish so keywords. So like, for example, Los Mejores Zapatos para Profesionales en Médicos. Very well done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nailed that. That that would be a term that no one's bidding on. No one's bidding on it. Okay. So it's served natively in that native uh, language, but if you're default to English, it will convert that ad into English, so you'll see best shoes for nurses in English. So we figured out that you can bid in other languages. Amazon will convert it back for you, and now you're paying a couple cents for search terms as opposed to $13.50. I think you may have just blown everyone's mind. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously had a ton of success with nurses. Mm -hmm. What other audience can you imagine becoming super fans of this footwear brand? We get the question all the time, can we buy these as a bartender? And we're saying, absolutely yes. Can we buy this? I think. We saw this one, it said, um, I was wearing these out in my workshop, I got spray paint on it and I was able to wipe them off and it's great. And we're going, okay, people in warehouses could be kind of interesting. People who are in fast food for a reason, another reason that we didn't think is if you work in fast food, you don't want to come home smelling like fast food. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's not really the great, greatest self-esteem moment mm -hmm. of smelling like the place that you worked at. Um, and fabric absorbs smells. Fabric absorbs smells. These are antimicrobial and don't absorb smells. So you're going, huh, for a different reason, the same product has a huge value that's not being addressed. So we went back to our customer discovery surveys. Hey, you're a bartender. What do you think about these shoes? Rather than go for what's the biggest market in the world we can go for, go for the smallest ones yeah. and see if there's a viable audience there because those small ones become super brand loyal. And I'd much rather get the 1.8 billion micro pockets as opposed to everybody who runs. I've been noticing this trend of what I call brand friendships. Mm -hmm. And you have currently a promotion running with a compression sock company. Yes. Where you, I assume, par are partnering with them to sell your shoes with their socks. Yep. 
tell folks about why having that brand friendship is a helpful use of time for both parties. So our thought is we make shoes and I think we make them better than anybody else. We don't make compression socks. We found Comrade Socks, who I think makes compression socks better than anybody else. Saying, well, you have a passion, you do this better than anyone else. We have a passion, we do this better than anyone else. Why would we try to come up with our own lesser rate version of it to upsell when you've already built the dream product? You talk to nurses, we talk to nurses. Why would we not come together and actually lead with their co-branding? Because we're not trying to say these are now Gale socks. We want to give credit to a company who's established themselves as a quality product with a name people know and love. Give them recognition and credibility on our site. Because they're going, oh, okay, I don't need to figure out if Gale's now makes good socks. I know Comrade and I love them. And it's fun from a brand partnership because we're going for the same customers trying to help solve the same problems. It's kind of like if there was a suggested for you on Amazon, but in the D2C world, it doesn't really exist. Right. You can't go to a D2C site and say, customers also bought if it's not within your own brand. Right. So we're artificially creating that, and it's been a huge success. Just we've been live for a couple months now. There's a video on the homepage of your website that literally shows you can wipe Mm -hmm. crazy medical materials off these shoes. You can rinse them under the faucet and they will be clean. Mm -hmm. You can take this out and actually, you know, address any spillage that might have occurred. You actually show the product in use mm -hmm. in the simplest way possible. How have you approached that content creation? How have you thought about the customer education piece when they do land on the website? Yeah, so we start from just seeing how our customers talk about our shoes. So when they do, uh, here's my new Gale shoes unboxing what I like, we take note of the things that they say. And the things that we say, we're going, do we have an explainer for that on our website? This is a really weird analogy, and I have to give credit to the founder of Muggsy Jeans that he told me, it always sticks with me. He goes, to have the best website, you need to imagine someone drunk at 3 a.m. Okay. Going to your website. Can they figure out what it is and why they should purchase? Mm. So having it's a weird mentality, but it actually kind of works. So you know, okay, if they're going to have these questions anyway, text is a lot to go through. Squinty-eyed at three in the morning, a video, a GIF, a still image that says exactly what that question is. It's such a better customer experience because real quick in a scroll, I can go, oh, I can see they're easy to clean. Oh, I can see they're antimicrobial. Oh, I can see I can put them in a, a washing machine versus click to the FAQ page and dig through forums and surveys. So it just hits it right on the nose with how our customers are talking about us, the things that they've highlighted as important, and do it visually. Here's three things I'm hearing that brands should check out in learning from Gales directly. First and foremost, customer surveys. Mm -hmm. Customer surveys are working for you, and they don't only help you make your product better, they help you make your messaging and your visual imagery better. Two, I'm hearing Bid intelligently on those keywords. Don't just stick to English. You might be surprised what other languages could be serving you. And three, let's make sure that we're always reaching out to the community and perhaps even bringing our core customer into our business to be that authentic voice of the brand. Anything else you'd add to the checkout for these brands? Add to cart. Let's go. All right. <laughs> if you learned something from Rob today, please subscribe to this channel so that you can continue to learn from other smart founders in e-commerce. And before we go, we know what we got to do. We got to give Rob a chance to promote Gale. So Rob, take a look at that camera over there and tell the good people where they can learn more about your business. 
Uh, weargales.com. If you stand for a living, you're probably wearing the wrong shoes. Shoot us a note. We'll be happy to get you in better footwear.